Well, hey, we are continuing our series. We're in week two of a series called By Their Fruit. And we've been talking about a pervasive metaphor in the New Testament, talking about people bearing fruit. And last week we introduced that concept and discussed what it means. And and basically what it means is that the thing inside of us causes us to do things and say things that we want to deal with the thing on the inside and then have the right things happen, have the right appearance, say the right things, do the right things. The external things follow the internal thing. It isn't about covering up a wrong spirit that you have inside of you by doing the list, you know, doing the the things you're supposed to do. You know, we don't cover up that yucky thing on the inside by legalistically following the rules. Instead, we want to grow the God thing that's within us and then let that overflow into our actions, our attitudes, our behaviors. That's what we're looking for. So we want to bear fruit, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, bear fruit for the kingdom of God. So this week, we're going to talk about how we do that. How do you grow the God thing on the inside? What's the process? Today, we're going to be talking about abiding in the vine, staying connected with the Lord, abiding in the vine. We're going to start by going over Acts 2.38. We discussed that last week briefly. We're going to talk about that as the great starting point. But then after that, we continue in our walk with God by abiding in the vine, staying connected with the Lord day by day. Let's go to Acts 2.38. Just a great way to get a quick understanding of how to start a relationship with the Lord. Peter is giving his famous sermon on the day of Pentecost. Everybody is just amazed at the miracle that God has done. And Peter has the boldness to speak out on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone is convinced that Jesus now is the Messiah. I mean, thousands of people are convinced and they ask Peter, what what are we supposed to do? What do we need to do in order to start a new relationship with the Lord? And this is what Peter says, uh, Acts 2.38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we see three pieces of the puzzle there. Just to make it nice and simple, repent. Step one is repent. That means to consider your life and decide to follow in the ways of God. To say, you know what? I'm done going away from God. I'm going to go to God. I'm done disobeying God. I'm going to obey God. I'm done disbelieving in God. I'm going to believe in God. So you repent, you turn to God and be baptized. This is an important thing. You know, baptism, not in a legalistic way. It's symbolic of receiving forgiveness from God and starting a new life. But it's an important thing to do. Water baptism is an important. If you have not been water baptized and you're a believer, I encourage you to do so. Then it says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is a good start. And just so we're clear on God's plan, all three of these are part of God's plan of redemption. Repentance, 
water baptism and receiving the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit baptism. We're going to read from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts and see what God's plan was from John the Baptist to Jesus. So we know John the Baptist came baptizing in water and he had a way of explaining what God's plan was. So let's look at each of these gospels and the book of Acts. What is the plan of God? So Matthew 3 10 through 12 says this, the ax is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So that is what John the Baptist has to say that Jesus is coming. He's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. And then verse 12, his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So John the Baptist came to prepare the way to call people to repentance and to baptize them in water. And then Jesus would come and he would baptize in the Holy Spirit. Mark 1, 6 through 8 says this, John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one who is more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So we have Again, John's baptism, a baptism of repentance. And then we have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Then Luke chapter 3, we'll read 15 through 17. It says this, people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John, that is John the Baptist, might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So that's Luke. Then John chapter one, we have the same message said a little bit different. John has different things recorded in it than the other three. So let's read John 1, 32 through 34. Then John, again, John the Baptist gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. That's John the Baptist again testifying that Jesus would be the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And then Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5 says this. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. So Jesus, this is after the resurrection. He's eating with his disciples and he's having a discussion with them. And he says this, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we see that it's part of God's plan. It is just described over and over again that we have 
repentance and baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Here described as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. These all go together. This is how we begin our relationship with God. Now, some people just want to repent and be forgiven and leave it at that. But it is essential to receive the Holy Spirit so that you can really be changed from the inside out. I have witnessed firsthand the heart change that the Holy Spirit brings. Vitally important. You can't think your way into that heart change. You can't study your way into that heart change. You can't even discipline your way into that heart change. That's something God has to do in your heart. So you've got to open yourself up to God to do those things. Very, very important that you open yourself up to God. And then the other really important thing that I need to say is that there are levels of experiences of the Holy Spirit. And there's always more that we can have. But when we receive the Holy Spirit, we want to be looking for more. You know, we can have experiences with the Holy Spirit that are life-changing. We want to go all the way into baptism of the Holy Spirit and continue. But it's a continual filling of the Spirit, continual receiving from the Spirit of God and building up that God thing within us, that born-again nature within us so that we can live out the ways of God and have it within us. It is essential that you receive the Holy Spirit so that you can be changed from the inside out. You can't have the fruit of the Spirit without the Spirit. You know, in Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, you can't have the fruit of the Spirit without the Spirit within you or it's the fruit of something else, right? It, it's not the fruit of your learning. It's not the fruit of your thinking. It's not the fruit of your effort. It's not the fruit of your discipline. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So you must receive the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you to be open and receive more and more and more as time goes on. Because let me tell you, there's more. I don't care where you're at in your spiritual relationship with God. There's more. So it starts with that Acts 2.38 idea of repentance and baptism and the Holy Spirit. Then we abide in the vine. Then we continue in that life with God. Don't think that if you did Acts 2.38, that now you're done and you're just waiting to show up in heaven. You know, you're just spending your years on the earth. That's not it. Now we abide in the vine. We stay connected with God. We keep growing in our relationship with the Lord. And that's where we start to really bear fruit for the kingdom of God. So how do we grow the God thing inside of us so that fruit is produced? Let's go to John chapter 15, gospel of John chapter 15. And let's look at the vine and the branches. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What do we do with this? My first question I have for you is, do you believe the Bible is true? I believe the Holy Scriptures, what we have here is the holy, inspired, inerrant word of God. I believe this is true and I'm going to trust what it says. Do you believe it? Do you believe verse five when it says that apart from him, we can't do anything? This was an important verse for me. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus says. One of the big mistakes I made as an early believer was basically an attitude of thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Let me go do some stuff for you. And instead of staying connected with the Lord, it's like I went out and tried to do stuff for him. And that's not it. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus says. So we'd better stay connected. Don't just go off and start doing things for God. Stay connected with the Lord. And then the branch is going to bear fruit. Do you believe verse six, which says that fruitless branches are thrown into the fire. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Fruitless branches are thrown into the fire. Do you believe that? This is something I thought, well, I better figure out how to bear fruit then. I better learn how to make a difference. And the way we do that is by letting the God thing grow inside of us. Repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit, and now stay connected with God. Abide in the vine because fruitless branches are thrown into the fire. Verse seven, do you believe God will back you up when we get to this level? What it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, If you're not that close to Jesus, you're going to ask for things that aren't part of God's plan. They're not part of advancing the kingdom of God. You're going to ask for something that's just selfish for you. But if you've gotten to this level, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Do you believe that if you get to this level that God will back you up, that God will be with you? Do you believe that? Do you believe like it says in verse 8? Do you believe this is about God's glory and not about yours? Look at verse eight. This was also a very important verse for me in my life. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If I have the fruits of the spirit, if I have that God thing in me growing and good things come of it, who gets the glory? It says here, This is to my father's glory. It's to God's glory if we bear fruit. So we need to understand that this is about the glory of God. It's not about me being all fancy and everybody thinking I'm awesome. If it's the true fruit of the spirit, then it's not going to glorify me. It's going to glorify God. Do you believe that? If you want to honor God, bear fruit for his kingdom. Get to this place. 
Let that beautiful thing grow within you. Do you believe these verses? How about verse 11, where Jesus tells us that it's about joy. He says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you want complete joy? That you can be fruitful for the kingdom of God, have that God thing within you growing, producing fruit, and that it will result in complete joy for you? Do you believe that? we got to believe this because it's true. And when we believe it and put it into practice, we start to see the results. We start to see the fruit of it. If you believe this, then I shouldn't have to work at all to motivate you. You should be fully motivated. If you believe these verses, we've read these verses, then you should be fully motivated. I shouldn't have to work to motivate you at all. I should just need to instruct you to help you give you some guidance. So I'm going to assume that you believe and you are fully motivated and we're going to go to some instruction. All right. How do I abide in the vine? It's not about doing the list. Last week, we talked about not just doing the list, you know, when the, the husband is having trouble with the wife and he says, what do you want me to do so that you'll be happy? And then she does a list and he accomplishes the list, but still has a bad attitude and doesn't like her. Well, guess what? Doesn't matter if he's done the list, he's missing the heart of the matter. We're not here to do the list. We're here to receive of the Holy Spirit. Let that God thing grow within us and have it overflow in our behavior, our actions, the way we see the world, what we say. That's what we're wanting to do. But why was it hard to talk about that? Because that's kind of an internal experience. I can describe what it was like to have a heart change, to have, you know, I've had several little heart changes as God has corrected my heart and his spirit has kind of changed where my heart is at. And I've had some big ones, some just earth shattering in my life, heart I consider a heart transplant, you know, and my baptism in the Holy Spirit experience was a heart transplant and changed the way that I feel on the inside, which then changes my behavior on the outside. It's not about doing the list. It's about having that God thing on the inside. And that's kind of hard to describe and talk about. I'm going to give you a list of things to help you do this. How do you abide in the vine? How do you grab hold of this? I'm going to give you a list, but just understand that I'm just giving you some pointers and some tips to try to help you get to the place where you've grabbed a hold of the God thing on the inside. And that is starting to grow and then produce fruit. That's what you're going for. You do the list. You haven't accomplished anything by doing the list. You accomplish something by getting the God thing growing and then connecting with the Lord, staying connected so it keeps growing and bearing fruit. But let's talk about some different things we can do to try to abide in the vine. Number one, believe the scriptures. Believe the Bible. It's very important to believe in order to abide in the vine. Because when we read the word, it needs to have authority over us. We need to be willing to submit to what the scriptures say rather than just 
continue in our own conjecture, in our own opinion, and go our own way. We need to submit to the ways of God, which means we need to give the scriptures authority over us, and we need to adjust to the scriptures rather than trying to twist the scriptures to the way that we think or just dismissing the scriptures. We can't do that. We must believe. Just like we went through John 15, the vine and the branches, and and I asked you if you believed it, If you believe it, it's powerful, it's good, it's part of abiding in the vine, reading the scriptures and believing them. Number two, open your heart honestly and completely to God. This is about having a close connection with God, not about being over here and trying to do good things so that that God way over there can be happy with you. That's not what this is about. It's about making an intimate connection with God. So open up your heart completely and honestly to God. You do this in prayer. You do this in worship. You can linger in the presence of God. I'm looking forward to the time when we can just linger in the presence of the Lord again. Now when services are over, we need to go outside, that sort of a thing. But one of the great values in church is there's the group anointing people coming together. The spirit of God is here and we're just connecting with the Lord and just sitting in that environment is beautiful. And it's, it's part of opening up our heart to God. We do that in prayer, worship, in lingering in the presence of the Lord. And in prayer, it's not just asking, you know, it's not the Christmas list. Give me this, give me this, give me this. But just even asking the Lord open-ended questions in prayer, spending time in prayer. Open your heart honestly and completely to God through prayer and worship. Then these aren't necessarily in any particular order. Number three, ask and receive the Holy Spirit. Some people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. Some people aren't, you know, they haven't been taught about receiving the Holy Spirit. So I want to tell you, ask and receive the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to go to Luke 11, 11 through 13. This is uh, just a really, really straightforward section of scripture. And Jesus is speaking and he says this, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Don't be afraid to ask for the Holy Spirit. You can say, Pastor Mike was talking about how it says in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and Acts about how John the Baptist baptized with water for repentance. But then Jesus, you would baptize in the Holy Spirit. I want to know what that is. Show me that. I want to receive the Holy Spirit. Ask him. Go ahead. Go before the Lord and ask. The scriptures are quite clear that God is good and he wants to give us good things. So ask. Ask and receive the Holy Spirit. Then realize that this will also involve self-discipline. So go back to John chapter 15, verse 10. John 15, verse 10. 
Jesus says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Even when you have the spirit of God growing within you and it's bearing fruit and your compassion for others changes, your love for others increases, your heart is changed. You still have to have self-discipline. You still have to override certain things. You still have to walk in just simple obedience to what you know is right. Even when you feel like doing something else, even when you don't want to, you must walk in obedience. And that's what verse 10 is talking all about. Jesus walked in obedience to his father. He went to the cross. It was God's will. It was the father's will. And he said, your will be done. And he went to the cross. Realize this will also involve self-discipline. So verse four, believe the scriptures, open your heart honestly and completely to God. This is in prayer, worship, lingering in the spirit, you know, these sorts of things. Just open up your heart to God. Ask for and receive the Holy Spirit. Realize that is also just choice. It's self-discipline. Number five, lather, rinse, and repeat. So this isn't something that you do and check off the list. Abiding in the vine isn't about accomplishing it and then moving on. It's about a lifestyle a lifestyle of being connected with God in your daily life. You know, there's that verse, pray continually, pray without ceasing. And I believe the thing that most people understand from that verse is really what's being talked about here. Live your life in perpetual awareness and connection with God. Lather, rinse, repeat. Don't just do this once. Don't just pray for the infilling of the spirit once and then move on with your life perpetually, continually be connecting with God and asking for a deeper measure, a greater measure, a refilling, today's filling of the spirit. Lather, rinse, and repeat. Then, number six, learn to discern the origins of your thoughts, feelings, and actions. So we've been going through Romans 12, 2 is just a hugely significant verse. I want to just read that real quick. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So as we are not conformed to the pattern of this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, we're starting to get that God thing growing within us. We're starting to commune with and come into sync with the Holy Spirit of God. Then we start to see things in a new way and we start to understand what God's will is. We'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. If you're distant from God, you don't know what God's will is. I've had people tell me all kinds of goofy things that they think is God's will. No, they're just, they're away from God. They're very confused. But when you get close to God, you can start to see and you can start to understand where did this thought come from? Where did this feeling come from? Why did I do that? And you can see, is this from the God thing growing inside me? Or is this a remnant of the sinful nature of the, of the flesh? Where did this come from? What do I need to deal with? How do I need to change what's on the inside? Look at what your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions are and learn to discern the origins of those things. 
Not so that you can just have the willpower to change those things, but so that you can deal with the heart issue on the inside so that you'll be able to overcome it and not be in constant struggle, but you'll be free. So learn to discern the origins of your thoughts, feelings, and actions. Number seven, you need to participate with God in the pruning process. So uh, John 15, you know, he says, Every branch that bears fruit, the, the father prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So there's a pruning process. There's small cuttings, you know, maybe not cutting off you, but cutting off pieces. And we need to participate with God in the pruning process because it's not all you. You know, I can't just say, I'm going to do right now. I'm going to be good. I need God, but it's not all God. I'm not just going to, well, when God finally decides to take that covetous heart out of me, then I guess he will. But till then I'm just going to wait. No, you have to cooperate with God in the pruning process. You work together with the Lord in your heart development. And then number eight, lather, rinse, repeat. So I put that one in there twice because it's very, very important. This is all about us continuing to Walk with God, abide in the vine, remain in him. It's a lifestyle. It's not a list that we accomplish. It's about walking with God each day. So again, believe the scriptures, open your heart honestly and completely to God. Ask to receive the Holy Spirit. Realize this will also involve self-discipline. Lather, rinse, repeat. Learn to discern, participate with God in the pruning process. And again, lather, rinse, repeat. I want to close with the gospel of John chapter seven. And uh, it's a really poignant section of scripture. John seven, 37 through 39. Jesus has something to say to the group and it's a little bit prophetic, but it's something that applies to us. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now Jesus has been glorified and we are at that place where rivers of living water can flow from within us. But we have to have the right thing on the inside first. Let's pray. Let's believe God for the right things to be on the inside and for that to overflow. So pray with me if you would. Heavenly Father, you are so good. Help us to abide in the vine. Lord, for those who, who don't know you, who haven't made a decision to follow you, I pray right now that they would put that Acts 2.38 into practice, that they would uh, repent, endeavor to be baptized, maybe logistically that's not going to happen right now, and receive the Holy Spirit. Repent, ask for forgiveness, pledge your life to Christ, and ask for the Holy Spirit to be guided and have that God thing birthed within you. And then, Lord, for the believers who are continuing on, 
Help us to abide in the vine so that we can bear fruit, so that we can have that God thing growing within us, that heart that is connected with you so that we can see this world in the right way, have the right thoughts and attitudes and the overflow of that would be good. Streams of living water would flow out from us. So Lord bless us in this way. Help us to be open and connected to you so that your goodness can come to this world. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen.